Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and today I'm here with the founder of uh, Yes Cacao, Justin Frank uh, Polgar and uh, he's from California, however I know that uh, he has some uh, Hungarian origins, that's why I I know his name quite well, how to pronounce it. I'm curious how you pronounce your name in English. I pronounce it Polgar. But it's, okay, so it's a little bit similar. of a mouth. It's like a mouthful for some people. Some people just leave out the L. So they'll yeah. say Polgar. A lot yeah. of people say that. I mean, I don't. I don't mind people just if it's if someone says J, if they just start with some J name like Justin or J, Jesse, or J, mm-hmm. I'll probably turn my head. I like to be quick on it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm having uh, Justin here today, and. Uh, he tried to send me his products from California and actually it arrived to Budapest where I am now. But actually after that, it went back to California and now he's eating it. So uh, it didn't made it to me. It didn't make it uh, to me, unfortunately. But uh, at some point I will go there to California and I will try them. But today we will talk about his brand and his story. So, Justin, where to start? Um, your brand is Yes Cacao. I'm curious, why did you why did you give this name to your brand? Well, thanks for having me on the podcast, and I'm glad we've had a really nice email conversation back and forth, and even through the shenanigans, even through the challenge of getting you chocolate. Like you know, it's fun to just have uh, a challenge to uh, to surmount together. Uh, which is not done. We will get you the chocolate or the chocolate will get you to come here. Uh, yes, cacao came to me in a bit of an aha moment. Uh, cacao mm-hmm. is the cacao bean. It's what all chocolate is made out of. So that part was pretty easy. I wanted to, you know, I think it's a good idea. Some would say it's a good idea when you're naming a product to just call it what it is. You know, just say this is what it is, you know, in the name of the product. So I, I thought cacao would be a good, um, it's also a fun word to say. Also challenging for some people to say cacao or some, you know, people say their own yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. The yes part is a little bit more personal because for as long as I can remember, I have been really interested in the word yes. It was one of, you know, it was one of my first words. I think for a lot of children, it's one of their first words. And uh, it is such a an opener, an opener of minds, an opener of permission. Um, I like to say, yes, turns doors into doorways, you know, which is to say that it gives uh, a certain frequency of of the nod of opening of come on in. And uh, I had a group of friends when I was in my early 20s, just a few years ago. Um, who we were the uh, we were yesologists, which is to say <laughs> we were uh, studying the word yes and studying the impact of the word yes and what it meant and what it felt like and what what it what it would do to people. Um, and so I'm I'm really into it. We have a doctrine of yes. Actually, we have it on on the inside of the product. We have this doctrine of yes. The product has a little door like this here. Thing like this and so this kind of goes into the the background or what yes means or how mm-hmm. to live a yes life um and it was also just an affirmative cacao affirmative cacao yes cacao can i eat this yes you know it's like that kind of a thing so the the name came around and when i checked the domain this was like in 2010 or something and yes cacao was available i was like what that's amazing you know, when you find a good one, got to get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the name because when you can see the product, yes, cacao, so, and then eat it. So, and I really like the packaging, by the way. I'm wondering you. if you came up with it yourself or you have a designer who worked on it or? Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, my wife co-founded at least Generation 2 with Yes Cacao. I was kind of figuring it out on my own um for a while in the beginning and then my wife before we were married she said you need help like you need you need like a woman's touch for organizing Mm -hmm. and making things 
come to fruition. Um, or more so, so I could focus on bringing things into fruition and she could, you know, kind of connect the dots in the, in behind the scenes. They say behind every uh, great man is a powerful woman. I think it's, it's both ways. Having an amazing partner is invaluable. So when, uh, when it was time to redo the packaging and she's kind of has an interior designer mindset, she's very specific about her preferences. We really wanted to do something different with the packaging before it was in a box. It was in uh, like a, a wrapper with a Ziploc. No one had really done a Ziploc um, for a chocolate wrapper before. I mean, not, not that I had seen. Um, so that was kind of, we were a little bit first to market doing that. Uh, but we wanted to elevate the, you know, we wanted to elevate the the look of the brand. So people felt like, like they were holding something special and it's an educationally leveraged product. So the more people learn about it, the more they like it, the more curious they, they become. So it's like, how do we get all this information without making it crowded, you know, on the front as it is, it's kind of a lot of stuff on there, but we decided to open it and do like a little mm -hmm. passport, like a little book. Yeah. And so in here it says, you know, the botanicals, these are some of the highlighted ingredients that we have. Also down um, on this side, it says wild cacao because we only use wild harvested cacao, no farms, no plantations. We talk about the sugar that we use and how it's very low impact glycemic. And then really important to me was putting the window here. I wanted people to see the bar. Uh, without it being exposed to light on the front. So we had a whole set of demands from the design. Um, and we we paired up with this amazing team, these two women here in California, the Rumble, the Rumble ladies. And they were just down to play and to go outside of the box. You know, we were actually going inside of the box, but you know, it was, uh, mm -hmm. it was a really fun collaboration because they could take our like this is kind of what we want and they made it happen you know they they manifested it um just yeah the way it came together we had compliments on our packaging pretty much every day so that's good yeah now we just got to get more people to see the packaging and then it works when did you create the packaging when was it uh we started this packaging um inquiry in the end of 2017 mm -hmm. is when we started it and the first packaging going out to people was the middle of 2020. So it was about two years of designing and going back and forth. And this is not quite it. And then realizing that we had designed some very expensive packaging. Um, and then so having to figure out, uh, you know, what's the economical route to, to actually execute on this. And um, the timing just worked out where it was that it was like, oh, we've come into uh, we had a really great podcast actually we were on a podcast that uh was very successful a lot of people bought chocolate like within 24 hours after and um that basically allowed us to make the purchase of a lot of packaging and jump into it mm -hmm. yeah so let's talk about what happened between 2010 when you started the brand and let's say 2017 in the first few years also i know you, you before or at the same time i don't know but you were in the cannabis space and uh, you had a cannabis chocolate as well and now you have four different uh, types of chocolates we can talk about those later but you had a pivot there and what was your initial idea what did you do in the first few years so that's um it was a long journey i didn't have you know in, in general, and when I suggest to people uh, who are starting a business, I say, you know, it's it's a better idea to know where you're going and what you're designing. It's great. It's an advent. It's advantageous. It's advantageous to to have a goal and then to accomplish that. I did not do that. I was just going into the. I was being a vessel and an instrument for the creativity coming through. So in twenty in twenty ten, I was working at a Chinese medicine school. So I was very fascinated with different foods that you can into your body that make you feel very different. You know whether that changed mm -hmm. your eyesight or it changed your digestion or your energy or made it so you could fall asleep much easier. There's so many amazing gifts from nature, 
And in general, a lot of those don't taste very good, which is why they're not so popular. Um, or, you know, you have to like uh, know a doctor or a nutritionist who's going to guide you in the practice. There's a whole pantheon of herbs that are safe to eat, even for babies, and things that are gentle but effective. You know, they're not going to, if you have too much of it, you're not going to hurt yourself. Um, these are a lot of tonifying herbs, a lot of times adaptogens. Now, generally, we call them adaptogens. Um, it's the kind of thing where, like, I know on the side of the bottle, uh, ashwagandha might say, you know, take, you know, three pills or two capsules with, you know, 200 or 500 milligrams in them. And I'll have like 10 or 15 because I know you can do that. And I'm just going to feel more of, a, of an impact with that. So I was working at a Chinese medicine school. I was hearing the doctors complain about people not taking their herbs or not, you know, they would recommend herbs and people wouldn't really follow through. I said, hey, why don't you guys just put them in chocolate? Because that's tasty and people will eat them if you just sneak mm -hmm. them in. It's like a sneaky snack. Uh, and they thought it was a crazy idea. You can't do that. You can't say like candy. And I'm like, no, 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 not candy. I mean, real cacao, real high quality chocolate, which I happened to have a source at the time. A friend of mine was importing some very high caliber chocolate. Um, so that conversation turned into a friend recommending a client. So I made a custom chocolate for someone. Had never done that before. It's like saying, hey, Daniel, what's going on with your life? You say, oh, I'm training for a triathlon or I'm I'm writing a book or I'm launching a company. I need to have clarity. I need to have insight. I need to have energy when I wake up. Uh, I have brain fog right now. And, and so I would make you a chocolate that had everything that you needed to accomplish your goal. You know, something to support that. So I did that for... Chocolate on uh, prescription, basically. Yeah, prescription chocolate. I was like a chocolate doctor. Uh, people call me chocolate shaman. Mm -hmm. People have all kinds of names for it. I wasn't the minister of chocolate yet. That wasn't until later that year. Um, but I, it was a very successful endeavor. It was just a, it was a curious experiment. And I like that part of, of the entrepreneurial journey is experimentation and iteration. And let's just see what happens if. And then it started to be more of my intuition and listening to the feedback which was then guiding. Uh, so from there, I did about 50 batches of custom batches for people. That was like a good school for me. Uh, then I started going to farmer's markets. That was very fun because I love people. Then I started putting it in stores. And that was around the time that, uh, that Zoe, that my wife, uh, came on board. We launched a Kickstarter in 2015. And uh, that was very successful. I think we raised, uh, I think we shot to raise 36,000, which is twice the amount that I had seen another like food chocolate raise. Mm -hmm. I said, nah, let's just go for it. So we did 36 was our goal and we raised 42. We gave out a lot of chocolate. We sent a lot of prizes. We were able to up level one more step. And then we ended up getting into about 160 stores. Uh, so by 2017, 2018, uh, we were in about 160 stores and we were going direct to each of these stores, walking in, doing chocolate demos, educating people about you know, some of the myths with chocolate, um, uh, with sugar, with herbs, and just doing what, uh, you know, back 100 years ago, they would call a Chautauqua. Chautauquas were mostly in America. Uh, around the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, where these caravans of educators and herbalists and health practitioners would like go on wagons around the country and set up these kind of circuses or these, um, these shows that were entertaining and educational. And they sold the medicine in the back of the wagon. You know, it'd mm -hmm. be kind of like a, an underground railroad of sorts. Um, so we were kind of doing that. And having a great a great time up until about uh, you know tw 2017 we raised a little bit of money, so the Kickstarter was in 2015, 2017, you know we set out to raise a million dollars, and mm, we raised like 175, which was great, 
and so helpful. And at the same time, you can't execute on a million dollar plan or even a $500,000 plan with uh, 17, 18% of that. So we had to be in the pivot. Um, and most, most, I think the most of the reason why we were not able to raise the money was because I'm stubborn and very, um, I wasn't really willing to compromise. Like this is the way that I see this happening and this is the mm -hmm. way it's got to happen. And I don't want to uh, use different chocolate or use cheaper inputs. Um, I don't want to change all the formulas to make them simpler for people to make them more accessible. That's not the purpose of this endeavor. So um, at this point, I'm very grateful that I still have the voice in the company and, you know, we've given up, you know, just a couple percentages of the company. And so I still get to drive it in the direction that feels fit. Is that, I hope that it's a little bit long winded, but there's so much that happens in, you know, seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting to hear it, especially the Kickstarter, uh, uh, both both of these crowdfunding campaigns they ha they happened on uh, Kickstarter. The first I just one did one. Mentioned. I just did one uh, crowdfunding, and then one was more traditional, like a friends and family. So we made a mm. deck. We went and pitched okay. a bunch of VCs in uh, Silicon Valley. We, we pitched different mm. food people. We went to different conferences, um, and then ultimately uh, we had a couple family friends come in and then a company out of Switzerland that was like an investment company, which I, I really liked that it was, you know, we're a chocolate company and we we're getting a Swiss investor. That was like a, yeah. a nod of, okay, you have what it takes. We will take you. We accept your California chocolate. Um, but there was a lot yes. of uh, synergy there. Uh, you know, all the, all the people that came on board, we had a lot of resonance and a lot of, there was a connection there that was deeper than the, this is the company. It was more like, we really see this vision. We see you and we want to, we want to support this thing happening. It feels like an important thing for, um, for the marketplace. So mm -hmm. yeah, still very grateful for that. And, uh, after you said you had to pivot and change the business. So how did you change the business? The biggest change, um, yeah, the biggest change was going from, in 2019, we took all of the product out of the stores. We stopped supplying to, to stores. So, you know, we basically send an email out and said, hey, um, we're no longer going to be offering our products in stores. We may do it again at some point in the future, but uh, margins are margins are very tight in stores and we want to make sure that our business is around uh, for longer. So we're going to make a pivot and we moved everything to online, uh, which is not my first language. It was a lot, it's a big learning curve and, uh, and we worked with a few people to build our website to be more efficient. Um, and, you know, different marketing companies that some were better than others. Some were very helpful. Some were not. You know, somewhere just a waste of money. Uh, but, but I guess I learned things. So that's good. Um, I think that's an important piece of the entrepreneurial journey is that, you know, learning to expect that not everything's going to go perfectly. You know, I set out to, you know, I have a contract with this company for six months and we're supposed to have these results and we have not those results at all. I can sit around and kick myself about it or be upset or I can be like, okay, I learned that. I don't want to work with this company anymore. Let me see what I can, you know, pull as a lesson from this, and hopefully it will apply. Um, it's just kind of the cost of learning about about business and starting a new category, also, which is it wasn't until uh, kind of recently, the last few years, where people knew what a lot of these ingredients are. Now, mm -hmm. like I go to like I go to my barber, or some you know, I kind of probably need to go to my barber again, but. Um, you know, they know what turmeric is and they know what medicinal mushrooms are like reishi, lion's mane. Yeah. You know, before, when I started this, nobody knew kind of any of these, not nobody, but it was very rare that people knew what some of these botanicals were. So there's been a lot of education um, and other brands that have come to the forefront um, with funding and with the marketing reach and a team, which has been great. 
I think it's, I don't really see everyone as competition. I think that there's plenty of people. There's plenty of people. People are going to gravitate towards the brands that they like. And in all honesty, you know, if you get, I mean, for me, even just getting like 1% of the market share, that's great. That's great. I don't think this is a product for everyone, but pretty much everyone that I share it with is really into it. So Mm -hmm. it's how many people can I reach personally, kind of. Yeah. You mentioned Turmeric and one of my first clients when I was a freelancer a few years ago, um, they they are in the UK and uh, it was an Indian couple, two scientists who started a business as well. And they were one of the first people who started popularizing Turmeric in the UK. And it was back in 2016, 17. And I had to write a lot of articles about this uh, medicine or ingredient and um, I think now it's much more popular I mean my friends know it uh, I use it every day in my food so there are many good uh, um, effects of turmeric it's important it's a really important one yeah I think because it's anti-inflammatory and so much of our lifestyles so much of our uh, the food that we eat is inflammatory, which means, you know, it's, it can swell. It can create pressure mm-hmm. in the body. We have enough pressure in life. You know, life is has a lot of pressure. So anything we can do to minimize that and to uh, address that, I think, is a very positive thing. Plus, there's cool studies and cool, um, you know, like connective tissue being st- uh, in the brain being stained yellow from the curcumin from years of eating turmeric, like in, in different um studies they've had you know they've done autopsies on people or people have donated mm-hmm. their brains to science and things like this and uh people have had, that have had turmeric you know pretty much embedded into their diet um it's in there it's it goes everywhere it's pretty it just phenom- makes phenomenal. everything yellow right yeah teeth crazy. lips clothes i mean that's yeah. when i used to make chocolate at home way you know back in the beginning of this when i you know couldn't afford like a commercial kitchen or we just didn't have the equipment or the scale or the need to do that i everything i had had turmeric on it every pair of pants every shirt every dish towel like i would you know my my nails would have like Mm -hmm. just yellow stain on them it wasn't like a very attractive look but i knew what was going on i was like this is good (laughs) trust me (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's a very strong thing because and antioxidant right because it's it's literally like a paint paint thing or you know like it paints everything uh yellow so yeah i should stain our i should dye our shirts like the our yeah, yeah. shirts should just be dyed with with turmeric maybe we'll do tie-dye turmeric mm-hmm. there we go there's something so going back to to your story and when you moved online if i remember well this just happened before covid right right at the beginning yeah right before like six months before i made the decision and then so mm-hmm. it took about a couple months to transition and um and then when the shutdowns happened i was like you know there was some uncertainty of what was going to happen but there was a certainty in people are at home and they still want to eat chocolate. So our sales definitely started to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, people just had more time to look for things that they wanted. People were becoming more aware of health uh, and, and, you know, wanting to take care of themselves a little bit better. So yeah. we were a good option for that. It was, uh, you know, the timing I think was very fortuitous having been in stores that would have been very challenging because so much of our, you know, so much of our marketing was being in stores and doing product demos. We had a demo team that would go out and do, mm-hmm. you know, it would sample and then talk about the chocolate. And that's how we were getting new customers. Uh, but, but online, you know, you know, you show up in someone's social media feed and then they, now they know a little bit about you. So it's a little bit easier access, a little bit more targeted. Yeah. So that was actually the right time to change online. But I guess back then you had no clue what would happen later. So, I mean, in some ways, I think it's always the right time to go online because the margins and because you start to mm-hmm. really know who your customer is. 
I mean, I, that to me, the most important, the most valuable part of moving to online is having a connection with customers. Because uh, yeah, personally, I'm the kind of shopper in a store where if I if I see a product I'm curious about or read something on the back, I'll just I'll look on the website or I'll look on the social media handle on the package and I'll just message them right there or I'll call and say, hey, I have a question about this. You know, is your um, you know, it says grass fed. Uh, is it grass finished? Uh, do you take it all the way through? You know, whatever. Or, you know, what does this mean? You guys said this on your package. I'm curious. I, I like the look of your product. Um, I'm I don't know very many people that do that from the store. You know, but online, you you just click so easy and that starts conversations with people. You know, I have a lot of threads with different customers that are great. I've become, you know, some of them I haven't met before, but we're still friends. Like I'll look forward to getting an email from certain customers mm -hmm. uh, who might tell me some fun story or like, hey, I brought uh, I brought the chocolate to this party and I had this whole conversation about the philosophy of yes with this person. Thanks for being a part of you know, a part of that, which is cool. I got to go to a party yeah. through a conversation, through a chocolate bar, you know, somewhere across the country. Yeah, I think chocolate uh, really opens the heart of people, right? Makes, uh, That's what it, makes it much easier to connect with new people. I think it's a good thing. If you want to have a, um, if you want to have a sincere conversation with someone, you want to have a heart to heart conversation, um, good to bring chocolate. It's like a peace offering. Mm -hmm. It's an open offering, and I think it it also just brings us into our bodies a little bit more. So, you know, chocolate has theobromine. Coffee, you know, people have conversations over coffee all the time, which is great. It works. It's also very stimulating to the mind and the nervous system. So there's a little bit of a speed, uh, a nervous energy. You can have great ideas, but it's also not as present as when you sit down and eat chocolate mm -hmm. intentionally. You just really drop into it, your heart becomes more i always get a little sensitive saying heart getting open because it's a little bit a little conceptual but there is a feeling of wanting to connect with the other person like the desire mm -hmm. starts coming from a more rooted place uh, especially with the quality of cacao the quality of chocolate is paramount because if you're eating you know most chocolate is sprayed with chemicals most chocolate is not clean it's not um it's uniform. It's like one chocolate is the same as the next because it's all grown on a plantation. It's not supposed to be distinguishable. It's supposed to taste the same, feel the same, lowest common denominator. Whereas this chocolate that we're using is all wild harvested up in the Andes in Ecuador. And mm -hmm. every little every little nook, every little area, every ecology is is different. There's different salamanders and butterflies and frogs there's different butterflies there's different bees that hang out and it changes the cacao it just does um it, i think it turns it into a superfood whereas uh i don't think all cacao is superfood but some of it's very superfood yeah yeah let's talk about marketing so you mentioned you want to you you want as many people to taste it as possible and then you will have, let's say, the 1% of the market, which is already big enough. It's a huge market, right? I, I think everyone loves chocolate. So, um, yeah. That makes it so, challenging because mm -hmm. everyone likes it. Sorry to interrupt, but this, you know, there's the question in the questionnaire. You start working with a marketing company and you're going through and they're like, who's your target market? And I'm always like, oh, this is such a challenging question. What age mm -hmm. is for eating your your product or for, and I'm like, it's it's I know the wrong answer is everyone, but like I have friends that uh, like I know two year olds that will just eat my chocolate like it's it's gold. And then I have people, you know, at, at every age, all the way up until 80s, 90s, you know, um, that's so it's, it's a little bit challenging. But uh, go ahead. You're you're asking me about um, about the marketing piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and age is not the best one, right? So demographics is not really useful here. I think uh, once I had a good conversation with a lady who used to work for Aldi. I think uh, you know Aldi as well. It's also in the US. Mm -hmm. um, the big food 
food chain or you know food store chain it's like walmart basically a big german company and uh, she shared with me a few things like when you go to the store um, the big milka and the big uh, very nice purple uh, packaging it's usually somewhere around your knee because that's for small kids and it really mm. grabs their eye the purple color and the cow and then I think uh, your type of chocolate, you know, the high quality and uh, very high cacao co- uh, level, um, those are more in front of your eyes or even above because mm. that's higher priced and that's for adult people, usually more educated people. And then somewhere in the middle, the cheap chocolate is there. So she just shared a few things and... Uh, I think it's more about, let's say, education. Like, I think it's called psychographics, not demographics, yeah. but, you know, their interest, education level, of course, Behavior. salary, uh, maybe age as well, but less. So, yeah, but, you know, I think you can still define it uh, by a few things. You can ask your customers. Yeah, we. I mean, we, we generally have, like, there's, like, behavior um, mm-hmm. indicators like generally I would yeah. say the people who choose our chocolate are also primarily choosing organic food or they take supplements or mm-hmm. they uh, activity wise they uh, belong to a gym or they exercise regularly they do yoga regularly um, you know it's there are certain behaviors that we've kind of yeah. seen in customers and yeah. those, those transcend age and sex and um, you know, there, there are some, we can find some, some nooks and crannies that are pretty common. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So talking about marketing, what channels do you use to grab more eyeballs and, and people? I mean, I I think my, our favorite is podcasts. Every time we do Mm -hmm. a podcast, there's just that organic nature of what's going to come to the surface, what stories get shared, you know, what kind of, you know, who's, who are we, um, interfacing with um, we do some ads on instagram facebook uh, pinterest google you know a minimal amount but enough that you know a steady drip of of customers come in through there uh, mm-hmm. the most the the stickiest net is newsletters email marketing that's mm-hmm. just traditionally that just works really well um, and we have some funnels set up through clavio um some different flows so that you know people are you know for an abandoned cart or if someone orders a specific product we will send them an email that suggests like hey you know some people that like this also like this product you know here's you know 15 percent off if you want to try it today you know stuff like that a lot of it is very uh you know it's like what your your friend uh was saying about people's psychology uh, you know, the music that's being played, the lighting in the store, all of that sets the mood. Uh, I went to university. I studied introspective humanistic behavior, which is essentially marketing psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we make decisions? Like what things affect us? And I mean, it was essentially everything affects our our behavior. Um, some things more than others, the timing of it, what time of the day where people's focus are. Um, but mostly it's how are people making decisions? And I want that to be more and more of an authentic thing where people are choosing something because they want it and it's going to serve them, not just because you're supposed to do this thing, so I'm going to do this thing. My favorite customers are the ones that think for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting that you mentioned podcasts. So, because you are the first one, and now we are close to one hundred fifty episodes. So, how do you use podcasts? You, you just uh, reach out to podcasters. I think, in our case, I reached out to you. Uh, I could see your brand, and uh, there is another Californian chocolate company I work with. So, I think you also know them. Addictive wellness, uh, yeah. Yeah, addictive wellness. Shout out yeah. to them. Yeah. So, how do you use podcasts? I I'm always kind of uh, on the lookout for a good conversation, whether it's a podcast or a party or in line at the grocery store or at the coffee shop. Um, 
So, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like these headphones are on me all the time. Um, so when I find podcasts or someone gets interviewed, a lot of times podcasters will interview other podcasters. You know, it's still a very young field, which is part of why I like it as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll do things where uh, you know, I'll use podcasts in a variety of ways. Sometimes I'll send an email out uh, to a podcaster and say, hey, I really love your podcast. I'd love to send you some chocolate. Authentically, I do. That's I will just send a podcaster chocolate. I don't have expectations of them mentioning it on the show. But authentically, if they want to do that, awesome. Uh, but it's really just like my value for value. It's like, hey, can I give you something that I make? Because I enjoy something that you make. Um, other times, uh, there'll be donations for different podcasts where you can give a donation and then they say a shout out. And economically, like financially, that definitely works. Like, you know, maybe it's a 25 or even a hundred, $200 donation to the podcast. And they'll do mm-hmm. like a plug, you know, they'll basically talk about like, oh, Justin is giving a, a donation today. He's from Yes Cacao. He's, oh, that's cool. He's got this chocolate he's mentioning. Shameless plug. Um, go check out his website. And maybe that gets to 20,000 people's ears. Uh, like I've had that experience too, where, you know, I do like a 200 to $400 donation to a podcast. And, you know, we'll get back two or $3,000 in orders, like mm-hmm. pretty directly, like, up. Oh, that's definitely where that came from. Um, or, uh, you know, or getting an interview on a podcast. So that's kind of where, where I'm mostly putting the outward energy is let's find podcasts that are fun conversations. And I can talk about Yes Cacao, the origin story, why we're choosing our chocolate, what the different herbs do. Uh, and the people that are listening to that will go to our website and they'll see, oh, cool, I can try it for 20% off. Or sometimes we do um, like a special uh, Budai discount code. And then, you know, you have that and then you can also track that. I'm I'm in for playing with, you know, I, I think it's a team sport, you know, nothing gets yeah. done alone. So uh, if I can, if I can also make it uh, good for you and then you make it good for me, then, you know, then we're all winning. And obviously the customer wins because they're the ones with the chocolate in their hands at the end of the day, unless they live in Budapest, in which case we might have to work on our shipping there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, very interesting strategy. I think for you, it's a bit like when you did the, you know, these educational talks in the stores years ago, but now you do it online. So it's something very similar for you, right? Yeah, there's a similarity to it. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. uh, I like the experience in person because I'm able to give someone a sample of the chocolate and speak Mm -hmm. to them as they put the chocolate in their mouth. Then a part of me is, now inside of them, talking to them, talking to their palate, you know, I'm, I'm inside of their ears. Now we're having, an, I'm inside of their eyes. We're having this whole connection. I'm able to share the chocolate. So that's my favorite. Um, and then uh, doing it online is fun. I'm still getting used to uh, kind of playing with the limitations of that. You know, like for the, mm-hmm. for example, for this podcast, I wanted you to have the chocolate in your hands, like while we were in the podcast, so you could be enjoying it while we we're, while we were talking. Uh, I'm not giving up on that yet, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, yeah, teleport is not here yet. It's not here yet. Teleport, but it's close. I mean, we have the teleport technology. They just, I don't think have released it to us. Like we haven't, we haven't earned it yet or something like that. Yeah. We need chocolate teleport. That would be awesome. Maybe if I just like send it to you, just throw it through the camera. <laughs> what are the yeah. four different uh, variants that you have now? Uh, the two, the different. Um, no, I was just looking to see different I flavors, I guess, the, or different different flavors, flavors, but it's well? functions. They're flavors okay. and functions. Um, so, for example, I'll just run through these three here because they're right next to me. This one is the endurance. So mm-hmm. this one flavor wise has a little bit of a mint and fennel. It's kind of, it's very earthy and has a little bit of a sweet after note. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then the function is endurance. So for this, I tell people, you know, if you're going to move your body, if you're going to go have a physical activity, you're going to work out, you're going to go for a nature walk, you're going to go camping, hiking, something where you're going to be using your body. This is the this is the bar that's function is meant for that. Um, and mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty dark. You can see that was the one that I held up yeah. right here. I have this one in the morning pretty much every day. Okay. You can see that it's got a nice refine. They're very smooth because we do like a 72 hour stone grind and melange and conch it. And we have a whole thing here. Um, one is our bestseller, the brain power. People really love this one. It's based on a white chocolate. So flavor wise, it's different. It tastes like a mm-hmm. graham cracker, ginger snap, has like a holiday spice kind of flavor to it. And then it has the turmeric, Lion's mane, ginkgo, bacopa, pine pollen, all stuff that's good for your brain. So functionally, this is like I'm studying or I'm reading or I'm learning something or it's like the early afternoon and I want like a boost of brain energy. This is the one that we suggest. You can see the the color is very different. It's like a butterscotch color. Yeah. yeah. And does it have uh, more sugar content than the previous one? Because Uh, This one has the most. Okay. This one has the most, but it's not. Uh, so essentially, the the normal formula for white chocolate, which is I think it, I think white chocolate's too sweet and too waxy to, mm-hmm. for my palate. I liked w- milk chocolate when I was growing up, uh, or white chocolate. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, and white chocolate, you know, people there's a myth around it's not actually chocolate. It, it's the cacao butter, and generally, if you go get a, a white chocolate bar at the store. It's 50% sugar, 25% milk, 25% cocoa butter. I changed the the formula for that. So this one is um, about 41% cacao butter. So instead of 25, we bring the cacao butter up to 41%. Uh, the sugar goes from 50% down to a little over 20%. So the mm-hmm. whole bar has, uh, what is it? we have in this bar 11 uh, it's nine grams of cane in the whole bar which is okay less than a normal chocolate bar but more more than like a super dark chocolate but the sugar that we're using is also very gentle on the body um, and in general doesn't spike the glycemic load Um, and then also this has the most herbs in it so the botanicals in this it's 36 percent of the bar is uh, botanicals. So um, we really put a lot in there. I want people to really feel, wow, my brain feels buzzy right now. Like I, you know, when you have a coffee, you feel the difference. I want to have that experience, but not in the coffee lane, but in the herbs lane, in the botanicals, adaptogens, you know, just so people know that these things work. And then this one, the bliss out is like, I need to relax. I need to mm-hmm. take the edge off. Could be, um, could be right before you go to bed, because a lot of people like to have chocolate at night. Uh, but it also could be middle of the day. You know, it's like I'm having a stressful day. I'm running around. I need to just calm down. Um, and this one is like an 84% cacao, so it's darker. But because of the herbs um, and the botanicals that we use, it tastes more like a 68 to 70%. You know, and this one's, you can tell this is pretty dark in there. They all have the doctrine of yes, but then they all have a little different kind of uh, conversation going on with the different herbs inside of them. So it's function and flavor is what sets them apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other bar that I don't have here with me is the source field. And that one um, is actually a three pack. So it's like one box with three bars of the same flavor. And that one is like a detox bar. That one is, um, you know, essentially that that bar is to help kind of take the stuff that your body doesn't need, like, you know, kind of the static stuff, um, things that are not helpful for your clarity, not helpful for your body getting rid of toxins. And, you know, a lot of times toxins get caught in fat cells um, and in the lymph system. So if you can help kind of clean those out or help them flush and push those out, then your whole organism is going to operate more effectively. 
uh, and more efficiently. So that's what that bar is designed to do. Um, that one is a maple sugar sweetened bar, and it's got all these very high, high top shelf herbs, like uh, not herbs, but like uh, has like C60 in it, which is carbon 60, which is a really interesting uh, supplement. They gave it to mice in the lab and it increased their lifespan by 95%. Like cool stuff like that. I'm like, mm. okay, let's put that in the chocolate. C60, carbon yeah, 60. Yeah, I haven't heard about it. I it's will. cool. It's a cool Read one. I mean, it's a, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it everywhere. Um, it's not something that, this is the thing with herbs or with different botanicals. Sometimes people want to feel them in order to know that they're working. Yeah. Yeah. But some things are not a feeling thing. It's just, has it's not like a coffee, function. right? It's just, it not. doesn't hit. Yeah. And, and then some people are just not that sensitive to it. Some people can, you know, some people are really sensitive and they're like, oh, I, I feel my, uh, my energy body has shifted. I feel more grounded or something like this. Um, I, I have access to that sensational awareness, but most people, I don't think they do. They're just uh, either moving too fast or just haven't learned how to feel like that. Um, I think when we do like a lot of cleansing or a lot of yoga or a lot of um, kind of getting things out of the way, clearing them out of the body, then we become more sensitive, which is not easier by any means. You know, sometimes being more sensitive is more challenging, but, uh, you know, it's like a lifestyle choice. You know, you know, like uh, one of my favorite but not favorite examples is, uh, you know, when you brush your teeth with uh, normal toothpaste, you know, mm -hmm. that has like fluoride in it and has different things that kill bacteria. It keeps your teeth, you know, you, you can kill all the bacteria in your mouth, but you're also killing the good, good bacteria. So um, and I've definitely talked to a lot of people that this happened. They grew up using normal toothpaste and then they you know they barely had any cavities their teeth you know they go to the dentist everything is fine but then they switch to a natural product and all of a sudden you have to be you have to balance your, the bacteria in your mouth like you're you're cleansing things out but you're also now your diet is actually impacting your teeth health um, and so people will have like a Oh, I got cavities now, but that's like more reflective of your actual teeth health, like your body health. Um, you know, instead of, uh, well, we're just going to like kill everything and like, it's not a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just shifted to a natural toothpaste like two weeks ago because a friend of mine told me that, uh, fluoride is not good for health Yeah, or, you know, there are. There are uh, debates on this, so nobody really knows, but I learned chemistry and I know a few things about that chemical and doesn't sound like a good thing for us. So I don't think we need it. Also, yeah. it's the source of where a lot of the fluoride comes from. A lot mm -hmm. of times things are uh, secondary products from industry. Like there's a whole mark, there's a whole industry like their job is to take, oh, here's a waste product from making aluminum or here's a waste product from making this particular, mm -hmm. who knows what. Yeah. What do we do with that? You Toothpaste. Know? <laughs> yeah, let's just put it, let's, let's, let's petition the uh, American Dental Association to, uh, <laughs> you know, to say that this is a really important ingredient for this and now it's necessary. And now, you know, everyone kind of just assumes like, oh, you need fluoride in your toothpaste or you need it in your diet. And it's like, no, you don't. And you definitely don't need it as like an off, you know, a secondary product from manufacturing uh, metal. And, you know, then you look at things like people who live in the area where that factory is getting sick. And, you know, these things, it's good to pay attention to. Uh, it's good to pay attention to information that's going to help our bodies be like telling us if there's something wrong. You know, as opposed to you go to the doctor and the doctor says there's something wrong. And then you're like, oh, I didn't know. And then, you know, it's just taking more sovereignty and more responsibility. Yeah. But now we're getting into a more philosophical conversation. But chocolate does that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So let's finish it here today. 
Justin, it was really interesting to hear your story, very insightful. And uh, if anyone wants to order chocolate from you, where they should go, where they can find you? Easiest place is our website, which is Yes Cacao, Y-E-S-C-A-C-A-O, spelled like that, dot com. And, um, you know, make sure you uh, click the, you can sign up for a newsletter. You get 20% off your first order. Most people do that. I would say over 80% of our customers, first-time customers do that. And we're happy for that to happen. And if you want to send me a little note and let me know that you uh, were turned on to Yes Cacao through Hudai Media and through Daniel, that's also great. I love hearing that. I love getting context for orders. And, um, you know, if we get enough orders going, maybe that will inspire Daniel to come surf with me in Santa Cruz and we'll eat some <laughs> chocolate. I think we can make a discount code for people. It will yeah. be easier to track it. Let's Something it. with my name and we put the link there. I will put uh, the website link into the description anyway, so everyone can find it on all of our platforms. Great. I post this, but I think we can use a personalized coupon code and everyone can use it and uh, they can get the discount and get some nice chocolate. Why don't we just do uh, Budai 20 for yeah, 20% sure. off? And yeah, then if yeah. you want, you can use the first time 20% coupon or you can save that one and you can use the Budai one first. Plenty yeah. of ways to play in this magical chocolate land. Or give one to your friend. There you go. Yeah. Sharing is caring, they say. So a lot of options for everyone who listen to us. And uh, we will put the links and you can use it. And thanks everyone who listened to us today, the live stream or uh, the podcast when uh, you know it will be released. And uh, thanks, Justin, again. And stay tuned, everyone, because every week we come out with two new episodes in our podcasts. And have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much, Daniel. And thank you to the audience. I look forward to learning more. And uh, make sure you share this episode with someone that you know that loves chocolate. <laughs>